Uh, now it's time for the rural news with Kim Moody. Kia ora, Kim. Uh, submissions have been coming in thick and fast on the government's proposal to tax farm emissions. Kia ora, Max. Yes, as of yesterday, the Ministry for the Environment had received about 11,500 submissions on the plan to price agricultural emissions from 2025. Over 10,000 saw a majority of the submissions were automated through Beef and Lamb New Zealand's website. Northland sheep and beef farmer John Blackwell put in a submission through his local Federated Farmers. My feelings towards it is that we're going to have about two out of five farmers in Northland that are sheep and beef farmers will go out of business because of this. And the effects to the Northland economy is going to be huge. Dairy farmers, of course, are also affected, possibly not as badly at this stage. But it has been rewritten quite a few times and the rules keep changing and it's certainly um, it's certainly killing the uh, pasture farming of Northland. I think farmers are grossly uh, upset about the whole thing. Yes, it's stressful. Mr Blackwell says a lot of that work is already being done to reduce farm emissions, so he doesn't believe food production should be taxed for emissions. Tikuiti sheep farmer Rion Veri says if the plan is adopted as it stands, it means the money he currently spends on fencing, waterways and planting native trees will be gone. Initially it would be a $20,000 new tax for us, which looks set to rise if the nitrous oxide price is linked to the ETS and, and the, a subsidy, the subsidy comes off that as well. He hopes the government takes his submission into account and makes changes. Well, I thought that the industry's proposals were a compromise in themselves, let alone being made worse by basically the methane targets are wrong. The other thing that really is really annoying is how the government's made sequestration quite hard. They want us to pay for 100% of our emissions, but they, um, they're not prepared to give us 100% of our sequestration. Officials from the Ministry for Primary Industries and the Ministry for the Environment are now considering the submissions. They'll provide advice to Cabinet by the end of the year. The court battle between the Gisborne District Council and gold kiwifruit growers over including kiwifruit licences and rateable values looks set to continue. In 2020, the council announced it would include the licences, which growers pay millions of dollars for, in their land's rateable value. The Bushmere Trust, which represents local growers, objected to the idea, and in February, the Land Valuation Tribunal ruled in its favour. But in August, the High Court overturned that ruling. A High Court judgment released this week says the Bushmere Trust can now take the case to the Court of Appeal. Time for the latest from the sale yards around the country. Sully Murphy spoke to AgriHQ's Suze Bremner a little earlier today. Hi Suze, what's been happening this week? Well, most of the regions have finally seen what would be considered decent spring growth, though some regions like Wairarapa and Canterbury are already drying out faster than anyone will like. That late spring flush has given some of the store cattle markets a boost and prices have firmed at some of the yards, while others are just hanging in there. Fielding had a steady cattle market last week on mainly yearlings and traditional sears averaged $3.44 a kilo. At Frankton's two sales this week, the yearling dairy beef steers averaged $3.17 to $3.20 a kilo. But at Tamuka's first sale in two weeks, yearling heifers dominated and traditional lines averaged just $2.88 a kilo. And what's the ewe market like at the moment? Well, that prime ewe market is one that is struggling and the volume is just starting to pick up at the sale yards as more farmers wean and draft out the cows. Last year's ewe market was a very strong one for this time of year and so a big price adjustment this year is, is a little harder to stomach. So after a break the previous week, the Canterbury Park sale had 1,200 prime ewes 
and the U median dropped to $82, with most making $50 to $125. But better quality U's at fielding did buffer prices to some extent, and most of those traded at $101 to $155. Are the lambs doing any better? Well, there's still not a lot of store lamb trading at the yards, but more South Island on-farm sales were held in North Canterbury and Banks Peninsula. Around 10,000 lambs sold, and store lambs traded at $63 to $136, and the more forward and prime types made $160 to $180. Tafanga Station in Wairarapa sold 5,000 terminal cross lambs, and the tops made $95 to $133.50. So to answer your question, so far this season we are seeing on-farm lamb sales track around $20 to $25 per head behind last year. New Zealand lime growers say imported limes from Vietnam won't compete with locally grown fruit. During a trade delegation trip to Vietnam this week, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern opened the door for Vietnam to export limes here. Citrus NZ's executive manager Peter Ensor says the move shouldn't cut into local growers' profits as we already import the fruit from other countries. There are five countries which are allowed to send limes to New Zealand, USA, Australia, New Caledonia, Samoa and Vanuatu. And if we just think about the USA, their export period to New Zealand is October to January, 30 or 40 tonnes a month. Australia, January to February, about 10 tonnes. Now, New Zealand's harvest period is February to July. So what we've got is a counter-seasonal opportunity here. So it's going to increase the category. Limes will be on the shelves all the year round. So it's good for the consumer and ultimately could be good for the grower because it means that they're not coming in and out start of the season. That's Peter Ensor from Citrus NZ. And lastly, fishing giant Sea Lord is struggling to find accommodation for international staff who have travelled to Nelson to work during the busy summer hokey season. The company's been allocated 180 seafood processing visas to plug major staff shortages in its wet fish factory. The spokesperson Dawn Cooper says it's really hard finding rooms for them in the $200 a week range. When there was international students coming into Nelson, that was the rate that was recommended. So we're looking at the same. So I'm not sure of how many international students are actually back in Nelson at this stage. But we're looking for people who did used to offer out rooms for the students. If they're still available looking for people, then we've got people coming in that may be able to take them up between June and December of this year. Dawn Cooper says the wet fish factory wasn't profitable this year because there wasn't enough staff, so she hopes getting extra workers in from overseas changes that. That's the rural news for this week. Koirate Porongo o te time whenua. Kia ora Kim.